0: gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between.
1: He's your favorite Mexican-American Gemini from South Texas, it's Chibi.
0: And she's the lipstick-loving Salvadorican from Brooklyn, New York, it's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry.
1: Brought to you by Write Art Out. Rocky! <gasps> Hey, Jimmy. Hi. How you doing?
0: I mean, we we doing what we can do to get by, right? Yeah. You yes. looking mighty fabulous back in your Brooklyn home with your exposed brick and all.
1: But on purpose, for that Pero on purpose. <laughs>
0: So they can charge you extra. No, I'm kidding. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Um, no, it's actually really nice to be home. Um, I think this is going to be the first show that I'm doing in Brooklyn. Um, it only took seven episodes for me to finally be here, <laughs> and not just a show.
0: That's fine. That's fine. You manifested it. It came to be, right?
1: It really, really did. It really did. And speaking of manifesting, I'm all so it's spicy season. For (laughs) (laughs) y'all,
0: for those that don't know, apparently everybody knows I'm a Gemini because I mention it every show and it's turning into a drinking game. But for those that don't know, Rocky is a Pisces, so it's your season.
1: (laughs) It is my season, and I go like I go. I'm very extra during my season. Like I celebrate starting February 19th and until (laughs) March 20th. Like we're going, going, going. I'm magical. I'm dreamy. You know, I'm manifesting wonderful things during my season. So, um, actually, because starting i think tomorrow night we're gonna have a full moon which is meant to manifest stuff mm,
0: i need to put that into my calendar to just like put intentions out into the world right so, yes. So I can something
1: yes i do i love like during the full moon, like I really try to center myself, um, try to be very intentional and very honest with myself. Right. Mm. Um, I always think about like a sage. I like, you know, I make sure to like shower in this like full moon, bask in that energy because um, everything is intentional. Right. Mm. Everything is super intentional. So I know this probably is like your first full moon that like someone's telling you, like manifest. What would you manifest for yourself a uh. couple of
0: weeks? I mean, it's just, it's, there's so much has happened in the past year mm-hmm. that I feel like saying just peace of mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that something that we need in our lives right now is a little peace of mind. That's definitely what I would just try and put out there because like with everything that's going on, it's mm-hmm. like I, sometimes I need some moments of just. Zen where I can just breathe and not have to worry about the 73 things that I'm currently worrying about, right? Because yeah. so much craziness is happening outside the world uh, that's affecting my life, right? So I would I would manifest peace of mind. How about you?
1: I know. I well for me, I think I am because it's my birthday season too, right? <laughs> 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 Feel, <laughs> um that came out very like woo's clues. Um <laughs> Um, I am manifesting a lot of love, a lot of mm. love and growth and release of things that no longer serve me purpose. Right. Mm. To feel lighter and not carry on that happiness. Um, but and like part of that, I always really love to, to do is like read poetry that is very intentional and very honest. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> Our guest, right? I was re-listening to a lot of their their poetry um, and it got me definitely in my feels, um, a lot like driver's license to the Gen Z. Gen Z, (laughs) this this poetry is like equivalent to that, but more. (laughs) Um, And I would love, I think we should definitely introduce and bring in our very honest and intentional and amazing Um, poet
0: for the night. Go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and do it. Tonight, we are featuring and having a conversation with Rudy Francisco. Rudy Francisco is one of the most recognizable names in spoken Mm -hmm. word poetry. Uh, He has shared stages with prominent artists such as Gladys Knight, Jordan Sparks, Music Soulchild, and Jill Scott. Ultimately, Rudy's goal is to continue to assist others in harnessing their creativity while cultivating his own. Rudy Francisco is the author of Helium, as well as I'll Fly Away. He is also an individual world poetry slam champion, a national poetry slam champion, and appeared on NBC's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Right About, Right, 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 Words and Shit Studio. <laughs> yeah, what show am I on? Rudy Francisco! Yeah. <laughs>
2: you you got a little confused there you know um this happens when you do a lot you know you forget which one is which sometimes
0: yeah what what city am i on what year is it (laughs) what show is it?
2: (laughs) thank you so much for having me today i'm super excited to be here
1: no we're definitely excited like i'm telling you i was listening to um, a lot of your poetry, and it just kind of reminded me when I first listened to it when I was like 20, when I was 25, so almost like five, six years ago. Um, And it still gives me a lot of butterflies. So it's, I mean, you're you're a big deal.
0: <laughs> you're kind of a big deal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much. You so, much. Um, so yeah, so uh, I guess I'm going to read some poems, right? That's what, in a minute, in a minute.
0: Let me know. Rui's like, you I'm here, let's
1: go, the- poetry I know, you're like, let's go to the words No, 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 we're going to learn about the little shit if we pour. Okay. <laughs> um, So usually what we do Before we, you know, you do your poetry I like to do a little check-in Especially since you're going to be sharing a lot of intimate words You know, and a lot of intimate moments about yourself um, So as a friend Ray, I feel like now we're going to be friends here at After you share yeah. your words My um, question to always start it off is How's your heart today? How's your heart today, this week, this year? Where are you at?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, um, you know, it's been a weird year, of course, uh, for pretty much everybody. But um, I'm really taking this time to, like, you know, hang out more with like with my mom. Um, you know, hanging out with my dad a little bit more as well. And I think the sort of uh, silver lining of all this is that it sort of reminded us of what what's really important. You know, mm-hmm. that there are a lot of things that we can't know lo- that we can't really do right now. And I think we're realizing how how a lot of those things weren't like essential, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To phrase of the year, uh, like a lot of those things weren't essential that we were doing and now like it's sort of, we sort of, you know, cut down to the bare minimum. And you know, I think we're, a lot of us are realizing that's re- that's really all we need, you know? Um, so yeah, just really, you know, um, being around my family a lot more, you know, hanging out with my daughter a lot more. My daughter, she's four, she's gonna be five in, in April. Yeah, which is crazy because wow. she's human now and has opinions, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um but, but yeah because like typically I would be gone you know three weeks out of the month. I'd be gone all of February, all of April. So um yeah, with the you know with the everything shut, shut down now, you know, now I really have time to just like spend around my family. And yeah. it's been a blessing in disguise.
0: Yeah, I love I love that. I um uh, my parents are now in their senior years, <laughs> and so I'd like made it a point to like okay. Every yeah. four to six weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna go spend a weekend with them because like besides just like being together, I know there's like shit that needs to get done around the house that they just can't physically do. Uh, absolutely. And uh my mom texted me a couple weeks ago. She's like, You said you were gonna come every month, January's almost over. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, I, I hear you, low key guilt trip mom. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I'm
2: at that age where, you know, my parents are getting older and they need a lot more assistance, you know, so. so yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to be there for them, you know, in ways that I probably wouldn't be able to do if I was traveling. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'm That's- really enjoying that. I'm really enjoying that. I do miss performing, you know, in front of people, yeah. uh, you know, but um, but I, I do really appreciate like being around my family a lot more. And also, I think the virtual space has been really cool to explore. Right. Like, I, I wonder why it took us so long you know, because it. It seems like it just kind of makes sense, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> people who don't have access to poetry. Um, mm-hmm. Like, being on the clubhouse and, like, you know, attending, like, virtual performances here and there. Um, it's really awesome to see people from, you know, and people who live in the middle of nowhere who don't like really have a poetry community in their cities or people who live in other countries who don't have a poetry community there either and then yeah. able to engage in the art form in ways that they just didn't have access before. So right. I think it's also
0: been a really awesome thing. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a no-brainer. And also I think once the world opens back up, I don't think virtual is going away at all. I don't
2: think it is. No. I think it shouldn't, you know? Um yeah, because I think it's really opened up a whole world for people who didn't have access before. And I think yeah, it just it just makes sense to continue it in some sort of capacity.
1: No, I think that's the word, making it accessible, right? Because I feel like sometimes we're not acceptable, you know, or it's just too late, or the, yeah. So this is definitely, definitely.
0: People in New York having to deal with hour-long traffic, you know, hours of traffic. Absolutely, oh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. absolutely, and in L.A. too. L.A. Yeah. traffic
2: is brutal. Um, yeah. I think I think the virtual space has been really awesome to to see. Um, and I and I'm wondering what things will sort of look like once you know we're able to like meet in person and, and do competitions again, just because. I just, I, I've seen so many people sort of like transition into like doing different things and that's really mm-hmm. awesome too. So I think when we come back, like there's going to be like this interesting sort of mixed bag between like people who have been doing it for a while and brand new people who just came in via the virtual space. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, started performing in the virtual space. Like that's mm-hmm. because it was comfortable uh sort of like transition for them you know from not performing at all to like performing in virtual and you know i wonder what the community is going to look like because we're going to have a, a a new influx of new people who started performing in the virtual space you know so i'm just i'm interested to see what the community is like yeah, yeah.
1: i think i was listening to uh either a podcast or media a TikTok where it's just like you know after the pandemic over well, trying to normalize it and we're all vaccinated and we do the herding that we're going to really start this like new renaissance right so i would definitely see this renaissance of like mixing virtual with real life right and kind of like what kind of what kind of um fashion art, you know um literature is going to be out there with this new renaissance right definitely, so that's definitely what you're speaking about Mm
0: -hmm. And if you're watching at home right now and you have some opinions, you know, drop them in the comment section. You all we, you're, you're part of this conversation audience. (laughs) So before we get into the poetry, we are going to open up with a little uh, segment we like to call speed dating. Mm -hmm. So we're going to ask you a series of questions just to get to know a little bit more about you. Feel free to answer them as in depth or as concisely (laughs) as you feel is necessary. Okay. Okay. First question. What has been your speaking of, Performing. What has been your favorite place to perform? My favorite place. So, I
2: had the opportunity to perform at this uh, festival called Spoken Fest in uh, in Mumbai, India. Um, so that was absolutely amazing. It was like because it was it was a, a two day festival. First day it was like four thousand people. The next day it was five thousand people, and it's, they're all there to watch poetry. It's poetry all day. Wow! Wild because. Wow. Coachella, but Poe. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, and their and their crowd is super energetic, like there's a pretty large poetry community, you know, in India, especially like Mumbai, um, Delhi, uh, Pune and um uh, uh, Bangalore, um, they have pretty large poetry communities there, and a lot of their and a lot of their poets have huge followings as well. So, so yeah, like they're super about it. So, so yeah, like um, performing there was absolutely incredible. It was so many people were so energetic, and it was just man, it, the whole day was absolutely amazing. <laughs> awesome!
1: Wow, I think this is like our first poet for art, but I've known that like y'all went <laughs> internationally into something mm-hmm. like
2: differently. India. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Again. You see the international communities, you know, because Australia mm-hmm. has a huge poetry scene as well. Yeah. Um, they don't have a national team tournament, but they do have a national individual tournament. Um, also, you know, the UK has a huge scene, of course, Canada, um, you know, New Mexico. Uh, my, my my family's from Belize, and now Belize is starting to have a bit of a poetry scene as well. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm really trying to go and do a show at some point. You know, so, um, <laughs> so so yeah, it's really awesome to see the poetry communities in other in other places. You know, uh, I think we see some commonalities and the things that we that we speak about. Um, but they're also very nuanced and also have their differences. You know, so. Yeah, it's always awesome to see, you know, um what poetry looks like in other places, in other countries, in other regions. And it's what one thing that I really want to do, because you know, I run the individual world poetry slam. And once that, you know, you know, comes back and becomes a thing again, you know, we're <laughs> on a hiatus right now. But once that comes back, like we're really looking at ways in which we can make it more international. Because you know, for a long time it was mostly domestic. It would be just like USA and Canada, we would call it the World Slam. And it's like not really. Kind of like the
0: World <laughs> Series.
2: <laughs> so so this, the, the last one that we had, uh, we made a, a really you know huge effort to to make it more international. So we reached out. We had a representative from Bangladesh. Um, we had somebody from Spain. Um, we had uh, a few people from the UK. We had Australia. Um, so like so yeah, we're reaching out to these like different scenes and saying hey, you know we would love to have you you know, here, you know, um, at the individual world slam and also looking at ways in which we could help them fund that trip because, you know, traveling, it, that's expensive in itself but also when you're traveling from another country like, that's even more expensive. So we're looking at ways in which not only can we reach out to these communities and offer opportunities for them to perform at the, at the, at the tournament but also looking at ways we can also help fund that, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. wow.
0: That's awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> next question. I know.
1: Okay. So let's go. Okay. So next question. Um, where is the place you feel most yourself?
2: The place that I feel most myself. Okay. Um, and I guess it isn't necessarily a, a place, but it's like when I'm with my daughter and my nephews, mm. um, that's when I feel most myself. You know, um, I don't know, they just like, they just bring something out of me that just makes me feel comfortable, you know? Like, mm. yeah, yeah, I, I, and I and it's hard for me to explain, but yeah, especially like when I'm, when I'm with like my daughter, like, I don't know. You know, she's just like, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to explain it, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, my daughter just makes me feel just really comfortable around her, you know? Uh, she's super affectionate, which makes me more affectionate. Um, like, I've gotten a whole lot more emotional since I've had a kid, you know? like. <laughs> Yeah, and like emotions that i didn't even know that i had like one time oh, i'm watching this uh this nature show right and it's a nature show where this is i forget what, what species of lizard this is right but they like have they like um they, they plant their eggs like on the shoreline and they go inland and then once mm-hmm. they like they have to like the babies have to like walk inland right but around mm-hmm. the time, like there's snakes who like know that this is happening and they're like Trying to eat the babies as I they walk, you know, into into inland, and I'm like losing my shit. Like I can't, <laughs> I can handle it, right? Like I had to cut it off. But I was like, what I mean, like so emotional. I was to these fucking snakes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but but yeah, like my daughters brought out emotions in me that I didn't even know that I had. So yeah. so you feel most comfortable around. It. Oh that's man, all.
1: I'm
2: just like, what's your sign? What's this little baby sign? Like maybe that's I believe. I think so. That's Aries, right? April 3rd?
0: Yeah. No. Mm, yes. Yes. Yes, okay. yes. That would be Aries. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. Well, that's an
2: attitude. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. This is also very loving and very comforting at the same time.
0: Oh, that's very <laughs> cute. All, right. All right. Uh hardball question here. What is your favorite
2: dish? My favorite dish? Man, I could eat lasagna pretty much any day. Hmm. Any day of
0: the week, lasagna. Okay. I think you're the first person that we've asked that question to that was like, oh, I got an answer for this. Everyone uh, else like <laughs> struggles to pick something because they're like, I can't pick just one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely
2: lasagna. Yeah. I could say that with complete confidence. Legit.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, what kind of cheese do you put
1: in it, though? Are you a ricotta, like lasagna type of person or without it or?
0: Oh, Definitely. I want all the cheeses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's at least six cheeses in my lasagna recipe. Oh, like, yeah. yeah,
2: I feel like it's the only is, way to go. six. Is it really lasagna? You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> I see no lies. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, all right. And then, so our final question um, for this round is: What does your version of heaven or the afterlife look like?
2: Oh man, um, <laughs> my version of heaven. Um, Man, uh, all my family is in close proximity, but not too close. You know what I mean? (laughs) um, uh, uh, Yeah, my family is close by. uh, Food 24 hours, you know what I mean? I come from a city where everything shuts down at about 10 or 11. Um, Good food at any given time. Um, There's always basketball on the TV. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I think those are like the three things. Like, like, hey, food, basketball, family. What else do I need, you know? So I'm gonna go with that.
0: Legit, legit. I love it. All right. Well, we'll be, we'll be back with more questions. Uh, but we want to dive into the poetry. Before we do, for anybody that's watching out in YouTube Landia or Facebookville, um, use the comment section, y'all. We're watching the comment section on the regular. So you can use the comment sections to just show some love. You can interact and comment on what we're talking about. Or if you have questions that you want to ask Rudy, put it in the comment section because we will get to your questions. Just use the comment section. That being said, let's go ahead and hand the show over to you, Sarah. And if you could please bless us with some poetry.
2: Okay. Um, so one thing that I've been experimenting with a lot is using um, various forms. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the books that I'm currently reading um, is called Obit, um, and it's by Victoria Chang. And Victoria Chang is absolutely brilliant. And um, the sort of form that she uses um, is, is an obit, right? It's, it's an obituary. And it's in sort of like a non traditional way. We think about obituaries as you know, things that we write for people, um, but she writes them for like the various things in her life that, are, that, are, that no longer exist. Right, so um, yeah, I'm gonna go with this one. Uh, I mentioned my daughter a little earlier, so this is um an obituary for me, right? Um, and what w- what I mean by sort of an obituary for myself is that when I felt I, when I when I had my, my my daughter, I don't know, I just felt like uh, I felt very different, like almost immediately, um, and I feel like you know the the A lot of things that um, I was sort of like invested in before. A lot of times, I just didn't really seem very important anymore because, you know, like I have this amazing human in my arms. So uh, here we go, obituary. Rudy Francisco died suddenly on on April 3rd, 2016 at the age of 33. The word perfect comes from the word perfisier, which means complete. My daughter came into this world the same way a sunflower springs from the earth. When her eyes bloomed, I realized that I've been an obtuse angle my entire life and things are finally coming full circle. When I I held her for the first time, my bones unlatched. I stashed both of my fangs and blunted my edges until smooth. I looked at her and said, all this soft is for you. I am yours. My entire chest is a morning, a sunrise, a new day. Um, and for the second obit. Um, so uh, I had to help my father transition out of his, out of his home uh, into a, a senior living community last year, like late last year. So this is an obituary from my father's house. My father's house died on September 4th, 2020, at the age of 23. An eviction notice is a lot heavier than it looks. Seems like it's just paper and ink, but it's all dead weight. Once, I carried my drunk friend up three flights of stairs and I was sore for five days, but that was so much easier than putting my father's war medals into a brown box and taping it closed. I treated my teenage home like a swordfish, waited for it to stop breathing and then scraped the insides. I packed a decade into a storage unit, threw away the rest, and watched a dump truck take all the memories I couldn't find space for. This is a special kind of betrayal, an unforgivable treason. I don't know who to apologize to first. Um, the next two poems that, I, that I'm gonna read, so I'm gonna read probably about two more short poems and then I'm gonna read some longer poems, all right? So, um, so earlier uh, I was asked my version of heaven, right? So this kind of speaks to that a little bit. It's a short poem. Uh, so these these two are odes, right? So um, this is Ode to My Mother's Plantains. In my version of heaven, my mother's plantains fall from the sky every Wednesday afternoon. It is a sweet rain with burnt edges. All the drops have been cut long ways and fried for five minutes. In the afterlife, this is the only event on my calendar. I step onto the balcony at 11.59, palms up and waiting for the showers. I asked God to put taste buds on my hands so I can enjoy each one twice. And this last one, this last ode is, um, is ode to summer. Uh, cause I've been thinking about summer a lot lately. Um, so There we go. Today, the sun decided to act all the way up, showed out like it knew we were watching. Today, the weather refuses to lie. It's been 100 all week and my sweat glands are having trouble dealing with the truth. But what I know is this, of all the things that want to kill me, the temperature is least likely to succeed. So I wipe my forehead, drink something cold, and I watch the sky slip into something more comfortable, something that will make the clouds wish they didn't leave so soon. All right, so um, so this next poem that I want to read, uh, it's called "Drowning Fish," and I've been thinking a lot about like my mental health, um, and and I've been thinking about a lot how a how I often say that I'm fine, even when I'm not, even when I'm struggling, and how we, how so many people also do this as well. So, um, poem. During the winter of 2015, the residents of Hampton Bay, Long Island, woke up to what they say was the worst smell they had ever experienced. Um, mysteriously overnight, a thousand fish had died in the canal. And after thorough analysis, they found that the oxygen levels in the water were too low and all the fish had drowned. Uh, Upon hearing the news, many had questions like, how does a fish drown? Don't they have gills? Don't they have a fin and a tail? They said things like, aren't they built to survive in that environment? And perhaps this is the best analogy for my depression. Uh, This angry deity, this jealous God, uh, this thirsty shadow that rings my joy like a dish rag, turns every conversation into a conveyor belt that always begins with the phrase, you look tired today. To be honest, Getting out of bed has become a magic trick, and I'm probably the worst magician I know. This sadness is the only clean shirt I have left, and my washing machine has been broken for months. When people ask me how I'm doing, I want to say my daughter's four years old and I'm still not sure if I'm a good father. I want to say that my dad has been diagnosed with dementia. There might be a day when I walk in the room and he doesn't recognize me, and I've always wanted us to start all over, but I guess you got to be careful about what you ask for. I guess when you pray for something, you have to be a little more specific. I want to say that crickets have been known to eat their own wings, and I too have a tendency to. To destroy what helps me get off the ground. I really want to say that I'm not in a good place right now, but that's not a polite answer, so instead I pretend it's Halloween, I jack lantern my face into something acceptable, and I tell others I'm fine until it sounds like the truth, but sometimes does it help me change to the ankle of an I'm doing okay? Sometimes I'm fine is the quickest way to say I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes all the oxygen in the room becomes water. I feel like I'm sinking to the bottom, like I'm like I'm running out of air, but I made a promise to myself that I won't be another drowning fish, that I will not die in this canal i heard that if you just take a deep breath and and relax the human body will naturally float on top of the water so i breathe and i tell myself that it's gonna be okay I, i cry but i tell myself that it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay because i know there is a better version of me somewhere in the future he is staring at this moment right here and he is saying rudy thank you for not giving up on us a few days ago i was reading and um I saw a run-on sentence, and I thought, you know, like, it could have just ended right there. But it found a reason to keep going. I smiled, and I said, well, same. Thank you, thank you. Um, Yeah, that was like a a really tough poem to write. It took me a while, um, just because a lot of times, like, I don't really talk about my own mental health. Um but yeah, I felt like I, I that was a poem that I that I really needed to write. Uh the second poem, um it's about my dad and my daughter. And I feel like it's not done yet, but I also don't know what else to do with it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. To Let me pull it up real quick. All right, this one's called Hide and Seek. There we go. My daughter is four years old, and right now her favorite game is hide and seek. The funny part is, she always tells me where to hide. She says, you go right there, I'll count, and then I'll come find you. I know, that that's not how the game is played. I'm supposed to find a good spot, hide behind a door, a couch, or inside a closet. I'm supposed to make her look all around the house trying to figure out exactly where I am, but I don't do any of that. Um, because I know what it feels like to wonder where your father is. Thinking, I know he has to be here somewhere. I come from a long line of boys who had to pick out their own razors and teach themselves how to shave. A lineage of young men who threw footballs in the air and then watched them land on the ground. We are echoes in a cave trying to love the frequency of our own noise, but have no idea where it comes from. The first time I got an A on a test, I whispered I'm proud of you to myself just so I can hear what it sounds like in a man's voice. The first time I scored a touchdown, my football coach hugged me and I said, thanks, dad, on accident. I've copied and pasted my father into all of my best moments and then felt guilty for not appreciating him for showing up. It's fascinating how the mind will do backflips if you just give it enough time to stretch. To be honest, I thought this feeling was a pair of hand-me-down jeans. Something too big for me right now, but a garment I would grow into and then grow out of as I got older, but here I am still trying to be a father to my daughter and myself. And this is usually the part of the story when I say I don't know who my dad is. I tell you, I can look at five different pictures and not know which one is responsible for half of my DNA, but Did you know that distance and proximity can eat at the same table? Did you know that a house can feel like an entire planet and silence can turn two rooms into countries on opposite sides of the world? Silence is my first language and lonely is an accent that I still can't get rid of. I was told my father left for the Vietnam war but only his body came home and I have no idea who he was before PTSD grabbed him by the happiness. My dad is one of the many rocks that America threw at another country and eventually that country decided to throw him back, but every day I saw a ghost open my front door, walk right through me without flinching, and my entire childhood felt like an event with no RSVPs. Once, a friend said, at least your father didn't leave you, and I replied, at least yours only did it once. They say that an apple always falls close to the tree, but if someone picks it up, it'll go as far as they do. Luckily, it's my daughter's favorite fruit, so when she says, let's play hide and seek, I say yes. When she says, wait right here, I say yes. When she says, dad, you're always so easy to find. I say, oh well, yeah, I'm always right here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I think I have time for one more. I'm not. I'm not sure what my time is looking like right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll read. I'll read one more. I'll read a short poem. All right. So this is also my last, it's also, uh, it, it's a, this is a, a, an ode. Um, here we go. So, uh, it's an ode, uh, to, it's an ode to the fresh haircut, right? Like one thing about, about, you know, me and a lot of my friends also who are, who, are, who identify as men, um, I, when we get haircuts, it's like, the best thing in the world for us, you know what I mean? Um, so, So yeah, here we go, Ode to the Fresh Haircut. There is something remarkable about you. Maybe it's the clean edges or the flawless lineup, perhaps the taper or the way the fade sunset blends from a number three until skin. You turn all surfaces into mirrors and we search for ourselves on everything shiny enough to hold a reflection. You're a reminder that our aunties weren't lying when they kissed us on the face and said we were handsome. You hostage all of my camera shy and make me want to be seen from every angle. Bless the harmony of the freshly oiled clippers. Bless the accuracy of the straight razor. Bless the rubbing alcohol and whatever they spray on our heads before we leave. My barber once told me as a kid, he wanted to be an architect or a magician I replied, somehow, you found a way to become both. That's my time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Applause, 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 (laughs) (laughs)
2: applause.
0: The virtual world we're navigating in y'all, the virtual world we're navigating. I have so many questions now. Uh, beyond Absolutely. the ones that we already had but i want to say before before i forget i think our next venture is going to start a youtube channel called rocky listens to poetry <laughs> you can't see her but i can she yeah. every emotion was happening and she was expressing it <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. Thank you so much. It really was it really was. I always tell like um the poets, so I, I love writing notes. So I had like already five pages of just like notes while you're writing, and then I'm just like, oh my god, I'm crying, laughing, just <laughs> holding my chest. So it's great. Beautiful. Thank
0: you. Uh well, I want to start with a question that's been in my mind for a moment. So your uh, your first book that you published was uh, Helium, your first full-length book, right, was Helium. Um, and then this new one that you just dropped in December, ding, mm-hmm. is called I'll Fly Away. Uh, and then even before that, you had the title No Gravity. So like, bro, what's the deal with this floating motif? Why yeah. do you hate the ground? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people ask me that question, right? So, um, so for
2: me, writing is is, it's an escape, right? Um, mm-hmm. it helps me, it helps me sort of release, and you know, while I'm writing and I'm really like focused, like, like the rest of the world doesn't exist, right? Like, it just feels like I'm floating, um, which is why you know I call it helium because you know helium, you know, allows you to defy your allows you to fight gravity but temporarily, right? Like writing is awesome. And it sort of helps me sort of, you know, um, take a break from my reality, but I also have to, you know, go back to my reality eventually, right? So it's a temporary escape, you know? I think writing is therapeutic, but it's not therapy, you know? So I feel mm-hmm. like writing for me, it, it's a way for me to sort of like take a vacation without <laughs> having to go anywhere, you know? Um, so yeah, that's why I called it Helium. Uh, you know, I'll fly away. Like all of the books are about sort of like, you know, um uh defying gravity, at least for a little bit.
1: Oh man, that de- definitely like reminds me a lot of like Tony Moore. Cause when I was reading your titles too, I was like, oh, it's like very Tony Morrison-esque, you know, <laughs> magical realism with like, especially like Song of Solomon, right? Yeah. Where the whole motif is just flying, right? Or her quote, like you want to fly, you got to give up the shit that weighs you down, right? So
2: you were yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Oh man, I I want to talk about <laughs> your poems, right? I know yeah. you mentioned that you are from Belize, and specifically for your um, the one about your mom making plantains. Yeah. I'm actually from Salvador, so we have like I'm Central American. I was like, oh great, like Belize, and we're right there, right there. We're neighbors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I love the way that you're talking about like plantains because I feel like everyone makes plantains. Differently, but like for me, Central Americans, we meet them the long ways. You exactly. know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely,
1: he's yeah. like the right way. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you gotta carmelize. <confirm> <laughs> the right way, way, but <laughs>
2: if I had to pick <laughs> a long way long way—that's my favorite. You know what I mean?
1: It really, yeah. really is. And I feel like not that many people, um, you know, especially like within Central American writers, you know, it's still. Uh, we're so invisible in this very huge, like <laughs> literary world. So I really appreciate that. And in my mind, I'm like, do you put crema? Do you put cream? Do, do you eat it with cream too?
2: I've never tried a- that before.
1: Oh, wow. Rudy, let's so take your to next level. Yeah. Just use like yeah. some like Calderon or Central American cream
2: uh-huh. with
1: your plantains. Like oh, wow. amazing.
2: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'm gonna have to try that. I've never tried it. I've never seen anybody do that before.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the Central American, like, <laughs> we
0: get you here. We'll share some recipes with you. <laughs> Definitely, I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Oh, so,
0: so with that, does, uh, cause you, you write a lot, you do write a lot about your identity as a black man in, in this country. Does your kind of like Latinidad in any way influence your writing, your world, this Afro-Latino vibe or, you know, is it the opposite because you like, Grew up in this country as a black man—is that kind of more the predominant uh, influence in your work?
2: Yeah. So, um, like funny story. Um, like growing up, like my my parents and like a lot of like my my uncles and aunts, like when they were raising you know me and and my cousins, like a lot of times you know they didn't introduce us to a lot of like the nuances Mm -hmm. of the culture because they wanted us to blend in, you know. So, um you know, at a very young age, like, I would often forget that I was even Belizean, you know, until, until I'd be talking to somebody about the food that we eat, and they're like, what is that? I was like, oh, that's right, you know, like, there was something some <laughs> that I missed out on, like, I didn't have, like, baked mac and cheese until I was, like, 23, you know what I mean? I didn't even know what that was. Um, <laughs> that was what we were eating in our house, you know? So, so like, there were times where I completely forgot that I was Belizean, um, because we were sort of asked to blend in, um, and my parents, they speak phenomena right? so um, And they taught us the language because they didn't want us having issues learning English, you know? Mm-hmm. So there were so many parts of my identity that I, I, I just forgot about just because they weren't sort of, you know, enforced in me. But, um, you know, once like I got to adulthood, there was a moment where I was at, I was, I was at my parents' house and um, on one side, you know, like my uncles and my parents, like they're all drumming and they're singing like traditional songs. Um, and in the other room, like my cousins, they're all playing Xbox, you know? And it was like, I was standing in the middle and it was such a weird experience. And I was like, wow, like, there's a, there, there, we're, we're losing, um, a, a part of our culture because mm-hmm. we were we it, you know? And, um, and I just started, you know, to make a, a really, you know, um, intentional effort to learn more about my culture. And it's something that I'm, you know, putting more into my poems, like, as, mm-hmm. as I am along. Um, just because like, you know, I have, I often have to remind myself that like, yo, like my family comes from somewhere else, you know, just because growing up, like it wasn't enforced on us. So like, there's still times where I, where I, even forget, you know, but I've been trying to, I've been trying to be more intentional about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, <laughs> I love Central <laughs> American representation. I'm yeah. all about it. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that, first of all, I just want to say that I, absolutely adore that like you just light up when you talk about your daughter. If we're talking about family, like, I don't know, we're just like segueing, because I'm just like, there's so many things I want to talk about with your daughters. I don't even know what she looks like. I, don't, I just know that she's adorable. <laughs>
2: oh, she is, she knows that she's adorable. Like, I spoil her, It's yeah. it's bad. Like, my, my daughter's mother's like, you can't keep buying her stuff every day. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, what am I what am I supposed to do? You know? Like she's she points at something, I'm just like, all right, get it. You know? And I know that's not probably what I should be doing, but I I can't help it. Like she's she's spoiled yeah mm. no
1: i think it's great to especially see like your transition of how i was introduced to you is with your your love poem um this is like to the girl from starbucks it's okay. like yeah. on your block and how you're like i don't write love poems but every time you mention your daughter it's just like a different type of love poem but awesome. i love how it's just like completely transitioned to this i feel like a you know dork like yes i don't know how to talk about like my feelings to this beautiful person to like this amazing presence in my life. And I just only wanna write about love poems about
2: them. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she has a whole section in the new book. Like, yeah, I write about her all the time. Initially I couldn't because it was so much that I just like didn't figure out how to actually say it. Um, mm-hmm. Like now that we're in like year four going on five, you know, I'm finally, you know, really figuring out the language around it, you know? So yeah. it's been a good <laughs> lesson for me.
1: Good. So do you like have like specific poems that you actually read to her or do you write like poems just for her to understand or
2: you're well, just I haven't done that yet actually. Um, I write a lot of poems about her, but I haven't written anything specifically like for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's something I want to work on though. Cause mm-hmm. like, like a, like a children's poetry
2: book at some point.
0: hmm yeah. Uh, I, that. I I have a four-year-old goddaughter who yeah. is very much the same way. Like, she knows she's the center of attention, and she oh, yeah. hams it up oh, yeah. all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my daughter, her name is Zoe, so she's the only um, grandkid on my side of the family. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's the only one. Like, the next youngest person on my side of the family is my cousin, Brandon, and he's, like, 20. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: So she's yeah. definitely gonna be hella spoiled growing up. <laughs> There's no way around. Yeah. Like, house.
2: When you walk in, it looks like she owns a daycare. It is like, <laughs> like, So he has two trampolines. It's crazy. It's it's too much.
0: Yeah. It's- <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the book, the new book. You just released it in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned like there's a whole section that's just kind of devoted to your daughter and you break up the, the, poem, the book into fi- five sections, right? And as I was going through it, each section almost had a feel like it was just like one long poem, you uh-huh. know? Uh, and one of the ways you do that is uh, you, you create words. Mm-hmm. That don't currently exist in the English language and give them a def, you know, and, and uh, to define something that is currently undefinable by a single word. And that kind of helps, like they all, one poem leads into the next poem quite seamlessly. Uh, so I guess my question is about process. When creating a book, what comes first? The idea for the book or the poems? Do the poems come mm-hmm. first? You notice a theme and then you start putting them together and filling in the gaps.
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. So Helium, I had most of the poems already um, because in in Helium, there are a lot more of the performance poems in there. So um, I had, I used those as sort of like a skeleton and then created poems to sort of like, you know, tell a narrative sort of that connects them all. Um, But for I'll Fly Away, I'll Fly Away was mostly like written, like, as a book, you know what I mean. So, um, so yeah, so I, I wrote the poems just like you know, as they came. Like I would just write every day, and then just sort of saw what sort of matched and whatnot, you know. And um, yeah, so I think with so Helium, it was like poems first, then concept. But with I'll Fly Away, it was concept first, then poems. And um, you know, like in, in I'll Fly Away, it sort of also reads as, as a bit of a dictionary. As you mentioned for like words that don't exist already and that's also something that comes from you know my parents like english not being their first language you know mm-hmm. um, um like my mom would always say oh what's the word for that in english and i wouldn't know you know my my daughter's mother her parents are from eritrea um and so they they speak Tigrinya and you know like when i'm around like her side of the family like sometimes like her mom is like she would say a word, she's like, but what does that mean in English? And a lot of times there wouldn't be one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always just been fascinated about how, you know, at times English feels so limiting, but it's the only language that I know. Um, So yeah, I had to figure out how to create new words for the things that I didn't already have language for.
1: That's so good. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I I always love just like, um, just how people are just so creative, especially like, what you're saying this like in between of us uh, being Spanglish, but not, and like, and not Spanglish, but at least like come between two languages. Right. And it's always really hard where we're stuck. We're like, well, we know this word and we don't know this word, you know? Um, so that's perfectly, perfectly great. Go ahead. I'm like, Chibi, I have like five <laughs> questions. In the room, so you continue
0: <laughs> While you try and characterize. Um, yeah. so then I guess my next question then is, um, about like publishing, right? Mm-hmm. So you your first four books, I think four, uh, were very much self published, mm-hmm. uh, and then you had Helium with Button Poetry, and then you went, uh, you published this new one with Button also, who's kind of like primarily known for. Their work more in like the poetry video realm versus as a like quote unquote publishing house. Uh-huh. I guess what are, what are kind of your thoughts on or feelings on traditional publishing presses and mm-hmm. going down that route of like submitting manuscripts mm-hmm. to try and like get that to happen? Yeah. So
2: so for me, because um, I had I had known people who, who run Button because before they they were you know, before Button there were there were. slam team you know um Mm -hmm. they were the minneapolis team so boxing so um i I, i've had a good relationship with them like since i think i met them all i met a lot of them in 2009 2010 ish you know and then you know when they started button and then they started the the publishing sector of it all uh you know they just asked me they were like hey like would you be down to do a book and at that time you know i had the chat books but you know, like, chat books are sort of like, they're, they're low risk, you know what I mean? Like, like, well, this isn't good, it's just a chat book, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. so, so when they asked me if I'd be down to do a book, like, I was, I I asked them, I was like, do you think I could do a book, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I also didn't really look at myself as a as a writer, per se. Like, I, I looked at myself as a performer, you know? Mm. Um, like, a lot of my poems, like, people wouldn't see them written down because I didn't even know how to format it so that somebody could read it in a way that would make sense, you know? So, um, you know, when they, when they asked me about it, like I had a long conversation with them and I was like, I'm going to need a lot of help, you know? Uh, like, Hey, we can, we can give you the help that you need. You know, we believe this can work. So I I said, okay. And they were like, Hey, send us your manuscript. And I was like, I don't have a manuscript. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, okay, we're going to assign you somebody that's going to help you put together your manuscript. And they did that. And uh, Michael Malekade, who is a brilliant writer, somebody that I have a a lot of respect for. He was my first editor, you know, and he gave me a lot of tips and I sent him, you know, versions of the manuscript and he sent me feedback. And, you know, after it was all done, I I had a product that I was really happy, you know, with. So for me, um, like it was really, a lot of it was just networking. I had already known the people who started and they reached out to me. And the reason why I went with them again, you know, was because, you know, I really like the work that they do and, you know, they have a large reach. And I think for me, uh, you know, because I had I had some options on the table for different like publishing houses and and I really wanted to go with the publishing house that was going to, you know, that, that one was already invested in what I do. Right. Because yeah. I consider myself to be a spoken word artist, you know, and um, sometimes publishing houses, they don't really know what to do with that, really. But but I knew that button. You know, this is where they came from. Like they they, they know about slam. Like they know about you know um, the the traveling poet life. They they run a venue. Um, they already have a platform. You know, for video. So it just it just seemed to make a lot of sense just to go with, with them. You know. Um, so that's how I chose the the publishing mm-hmm. that I chose. And and yeah, I've been very happy with them. And you know, I mean, there are quite a few publishing houses as well. Like not a cult. This right, bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I believe, Haymarket. Um, yeah, there, there are quite a few of them out there. You just gotta find one that sort of, you know, um, that you trust and you vibe with. Yeah, that you trust that you vibe with. So you know, a a, a, a company that's gonna really invest in you. You know, you yeah. have to think about okay, like what benefits do I get from being a part of this publishing house mm-hmm. that I don't get publishing independently, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the biggest thing. Because I mean, I even though it seems more glamorous to go with the publishing house, you know, that might not be for everybody, you know, because you know, when you go with the publishing house, like you you get a royalty check, but it's only a percentage of what you you know of what, of what your book makes. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times like if you feel like you can you can um move more units than your publishing house, you know, it might make sense to, you know, publish it independently. Just hire an editor, hire a graphic designer to, you know, do
0: your covers and just release it by yourself yeah I also a very solid option well it's it seems like mm-hmm. it was a very uh smart choice because it was number one on on amazon for for a minute in what like three different categories i think it was so yeah. props
2: yeah. Yeah, thank, you. thank you yeah the the response was definitely mm-hmm. you know a blessing you know and it was you know like i didn't know how many books i was gonna sell when i when i published helium i was like maybe like some people will buy this but who knows you know um but yeah, but it's been awesome. It's been a blessing to see the response. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know that you were saying that, you know, you didn't see yourself as a performer uh, or you always saw yourself as a performer and not a, a writer. And, you know, with this whole publishing thing, I'm trying to figure out like, which poem was, was the hardest for you to like, turn into like format in a book form or like for you to, to publish?
2: Probably, probably Rifle. I think that was the hardest one because I didn't really know much about like formatting and line breaks and you know what I mean. Like it was yeah, and it's and it's a lot of text, so I was just like I was lost, you know. Um, and I had to really lean on my editor. I was like, what What should we do about this? You know? And he offered some suggestions for me. But yeah, like I think um, for me, because I, I wanted to read the same way that I would read it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to adjust your line breaks accordingly. And, you know, even with that, like, even if you adjust your line breaks perfectly, everybody sort of reads it differently because they're mm-hmm. coming with their own experiences, how they, how they hear the words, how they see the words, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think that was the toughest one, you know, just like taking spoken word pieces that are longer and figuring out how to break them up into like chunks that are very like legible that mm-hmm. don't exhausting to read and also like taking out like little words like every now and then like I would put in like a a that that didn't need to be there (laughs) yeah (laughs) like or um you know punctuation Yo, my punctuation is not great you know what I mean (laughs) so so I had to like look at okay like where do I put a comma you know what I mean like where do I put this where do I put the period like it was yeah it was a whole process so yeah probably the hardest one to, to to adapt to the page
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I feel like it's poetry. That's the whole point. Like you don't need to even have any punctuation if you don't want to. <laughs> Ooh,
2: <laughs> it's like yeah, also, it. it's not me. Yeah, <laughs> license, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was probably the hardest one.
1: Yeah, I think speaking of rifle, you performed that in front of Jimmy Fallon, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Because you're
1: like low key poet, you know? Like you're poetry famous. Like you're kind of huh? a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're out here just chilling in your head You're just like whatever. I'm just really cool. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you gotta meet Jimmy Fallon because your words are like that like popping that much. Um, which is <laughs> again so like brown, you know, um groundbreaking, right? So you're like really one of the first poets to really go on YouTube, like have a YouTube viral um video. Um, you perform the tonight show. Um, you're again Mapata is a breakthrough poet. Um, are there any of these, are these ba- uh, breakthroughs? novel or new for your poetry,
2: you know? Uh, uh, and, and they, they are, mm-hmm. um, you know, be, being on Jimmy Fallon was a huge opportunity um, <laughs> and, and I definitely I really appreciated that, you know, um, I got a chance to, you know, sit and talk to him for a little while. And um, yeah, was <laughs> so surreal, you know, um, but, I, but I also, I think it's also important to understand that like, these opportunities are great, but like, the next day you still gotta get up and do the work, you know? Mm-hmm. I think what happens is, you know, we get opportunities and then we're just like, okay, let me sit back and like, let's see what happens, you know? Um, but I think it's important to to know that even after these opportunities, you still gotta wake up tomorrow morning and do the work. You know, you still gotta write more poems. Like you still gotta edit the poems that you got. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's there's, there's still work to be done after that. And it's, it's a great step, right? But it's not, it's not the end all be all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like looking at ways in which you can, you know, because it was a great opportunity, but it was like, you know, I was on there twice, uh, which is awesome. But like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I still got to, you know, I still got to get up and I still got to do the work tomorrow. I still got to figure out new ways I can book these shows. You know, I still got to figure out, you know, I got to write more poems, you know, like I still got to do the work. And I think, you know, understanding that these are great opportunities, but these opportunities by themselves will not completely change your trajectory, but Mm -hmm it's important to celebrate those wins too you know i think finding that healthy balance is really important
0: yeah let's dive into that uh, that idea of like the car- career's poetry cuz you had a really interesting term turn in terms of a career path right you were yeah. you were heavily into your academic life yeah. uh, 3 years into a phd program when you were like you know what nah fuck it <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> yes. uh, so what what was life at that time that like pushed you in the direction to just kind of like make that switch and be like, yeah, poetry, that's my career?
2: Uh-huh. So um, I had started performing. I was probably a sophomore in college when I started performing. And it was just something that I really enjoyed doing because at the time, like there wasn't a huge like, I, at least I didn't know a lot of ways to make money doing it. Um, I just really enjoyed it wanted to wanted to you know figure out ways I can get better at it and then uh, I went off to grad school um I went straight into the into a PhD program in industrial and organizational psych and I didn't love the program um but I thought it was cool you know uh I also wasn't trying to be an adult yet you know I was I was was an RA on my campus I was already living there for free you know um I was already like working for the university. Uh, so I was just like, well, I could just stay here, you know, until I figure out what I really want to do. And uh, in sort of around that time, I started getting a lot of opportunities to perform more often, you know, like, um, like I started doing well in our local slam, you know, I started going to nationals and doing fairly well, started doing IWIPs and doing fairly well. And then um, I started getting opportunities to perform at colleges. Um, Shihan, Sheehan, he approached me Because he was my first coach, actually, in 2008. And uh, one day, you know, he called me and he was like, you know, how do you feel about doing colleges? Because he had just sort of started his agency around that time. Um, And I was like, you know, I'm down for it, you know. Um, And and he was like, okay, I, I can sort of like take you under my wing and show you how to do this. So I started submitting to NACA through him. And, you know, he sort of like coached me through how to put together an hour long set. And I started doing that. And I started doing that more often. And it got to the point to where I would be gone two weeks out of the month and still trying to work full time and still trying to be in a PhD program. And it just felt like all three of those things were sort of like suffering, you know, like I wasn't Mm -hmm. giving my all, you know, into any one of those. And, you know, I really had to think about it because, you know, my grades were struggling. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I love doing poetry, like, in my spare time. Like, I'm not reading i doing organizations, like, you know? Like, I'm watching poetry. I'm reading poetry. And, and this is what I have a, an endless amount of ambition for, you know, and an endless amount of energy for. You know, like, there would be nights where I would have to, you know, there'd be days where I would have to get up at, you know, 4 a.m., that's a 6 a.m. flight, you know? And I would wake up, and I would be energized and ready to go. But if I wake up at, like, you Know 9 a.m. till I go to work, I'd be like, I'd be dragging, you know. Um, and I and I noticed that and I was like, you know, poetry is what I should be doing right now, so I chose to, you know, leave my program. Um, I quit my, my job doing statistical analysis, um, and I chose to just put my all into poetry. And, and that was it was an interesting conversation with my mother, you know, because you know, like my parents, you know, they moved here so that like you know, we could have a quote unquote better life and like go to school. And I was in a PhD program, so like my mom was very excited about that, you know? And and, I, and when I had to break it to her, I was just like, ah, oh, you know, this is gonna be fun. Um but, but when I did tell her, you know, I thought she was gonna freak out about it, but she didn't, which, you know, was awesome at that time. But um, she was just like, you know, if, if this is what you wanna do, and if this is what you love, if this is your passion, you should do it, you know? She was like, I didn't get that opportunity to like follow my passion, like I had to, I had to do. But one of the reasons why we came here is for you, not to only have a good life, that's only have a better life, but to have the life that you choose, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so she understood at the end of the day. She still doesn't fully get it, you know? <laughs> <I> never do. <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't really get it, but you know she knows that I'm doing well. <laughs>
0: yeah. and you, you you don't have to tell us about the expectations of immigrant Latinx parents. We've we we've lived we lived yeah. it.
2: Definitely, definitely different, <laughs> right? But, um, yeah, but, yeah. She doesn't get it, but she knows that you know I'm doing I'm doing okay, and that's you know that's what really matters at the end of the day, right? You know. That's yeah, okay. and
1: I feel like you can just segue maybe be like, I'm still going to colleges, but I'm getting actually paid now. And
2: of- <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> right? Uh, they're paying me to go to college. Yes. Definitely. yes.
2: definitely. One of her co-workers is actually a fan of my work. And it's like, yeah, she talks to my mom about me all the time. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, because I, I can remember, so... um for for people who don't know me, I actually work in a student life or student activities area at a community college. It's like my full time job. So we and my I have to do programming specifically to find like talent to bring onto our campus. So we're always associated with NACA, right, which is oh, the National yes. Association of Campus Activities. Oh. And so I always wondered like how do how do these like peop- how do these poets feel about like showcasing? Because I've never seen poets. Other than in, in slam, you know, air, like spaces, and now wow. to see them like theme showcases um, at NACA was just like, wait, <laughs> it was just so weird. How did that feel for you? From like, okay, I'm I'm doing my poetry, and now like, mm. I have an agent, or I have a like people can book me, but I have to showcase myself like in these different NACA, um conferences, mm. you know, colleges.
2: Yeah, it was a weird experience. I'm not gonna lie, just because. I- <laughs> Like you're you're selling yourself, you know. Yes. Your, and um, and there's like a thing called like uh, so there's there's marketplace where you're like standing at your booth and there's people coming to talk to you and whatnot. And then there's block booking where like they all sit in the room and then they decide whether or not they're gonna like bring you to their campus. So like, I, I went like maybe once or twice, but it was always like a weird experience. Like like they put like your picture on the on the uh on <laughs> the there and they're like, okay, like who wants them, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, especially like being a black man, it's weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little auction block ish, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I stopped attending that because it felt weird for me. Um, yeah. but I'm at Tanaka and I was still, you know, when I got in, I would, I would showcase, but um, in the past couple of years, I've sort of transitioned out of that. Um, just because a lot of times when you get booked, sometimes you don't know what you're going into, like it could be a deal, mm-hmm. be a cafeteria. It could be like a multi room. <laughs> <laughs> really- my first my first show was next to Piece ice machine.
1: Let me tell <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> you <laughs> let me tell you, as someone who has to like not only book like these like vendors, but also to book the room reservation, it's we try really hard and like <laughs> <laughs> <No. it's wonderful>.
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was my first show, my first time doing a whole hour set. There's an ice machine right next to the stage, so people are getting ice, and it's like uh, <laughs> there's like <laughs> where like people are ordering food, and he's like yelling out orders, like quesadilla, like and I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> this is like, is this what I signed up for? You know, um, but uh, but but yeah, like because uh, also there were some really phenomenal shows too, where you where you mm-hmm. show up and it's a full theater, there's people there, um, but yeah, but also sometimes you know you would show up like. And there'd be three people in the audience. And you still gotta mm-hmm. do it now. No. So um so yeah, so like what I what I started doing maybe two years ago, uh actually probably about three. So um what I would do is I would just rent venues in like various cities and sell tickets. Uh, so that's like, what I've been doing for the past few years, is just uh, there's a there's an app called um, dang, what is it called? What? Let me look at uh <laughs> what is it called? It's uh, oh peer space. Peer space. It's like Airbnb, but for venues. And uh, what I would do, like, I would just pick cities and, you know, just book venues and then I like, sell tickets on Eventbrite. Um, so, yeah, I started doing that about three years ago. And that's sort of what I've transitioned into. Like, I still do colleges every now and then. But, um, but yeah, but that's like the the new thing that I've been, you know, trying
0: to spend more of my time on. And navigating that in a virtual space has worked how?
2: <laughs> well, so yeah so I, I had to pivot again you know um uh, because I, I still do like the virtual college shows and whatnot but um what i've leaned more on in the past year or so because um, i've also gotten to like the, the merchandising end of things like you know i find posters i sell those uh like four times a year and i sell them like 600 at a time and that's been doing really well for me um also like the book is doing fairly well also um uh, I'm getting into like doing like crew neck sweatshirts and um, like I'm gonna be releasing like a couple jackets soon. So yeah, so really looking at the merchandising end of things and figuring out ways like I can, you know, sustain myself but like also not really have to leave the house like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I yeah. feel like if you had a Rudy Francisco like bow tie cause I know you like to wear bow oh, ties. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'd be like, yeah. hey, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, I Loki was like, do I need to dress up? He always has like a vest yes! and things like that. Like, I think I need to. I think I need to dress up for tonight's show. And then the day That's just cool. got away from me. Yeah. Same
1: here. Same here. I was like, oh my god, like Rudy's gonna come here, and then I should wear a blazer. Like my hair <laughs> should be a little better.
0: <laughs> and then I
1: was like, oh my god, great. We're gonna be like just chill and all that stuff. That's great. <laughs> Rudy right.
0: Francisco is nothing if not crisp and clean. Okay, Always. both in person and in his writing. Always, right? That's right. But yeah that's awesome well no that's so great that you've been able to just kind of like navigate this career as a poet pivot as needed and uh obviously you're doing really well for yourself uh and uh in your successes so congratulations on all of that uh (laughs) noir wants to say to inbox you whenever the sweatshirts and the jackets drop (laughs) yeah i got you i got you (laughs) well i just i just have one more question um you mentioned earlier in terms of like the way that you kind of like categorize yourself you you know like i'm a spoken word artist right that's kind of like uh was your statement um and we do this a lot right like uh rupee car is instagram poetry Uh buddy wakefield is spoken word poetry like Mm -hmm. i guess my question is do these labels even matter and if so why and if not why not you know in your opinion
2: yeah because i think I think we often categorize ourselves sort of unnecessarily, you know, um, because I think there was a point where people were more just like, okay, this is what I do, right? Uh, especially when you look at like, you know, spoken word in comparison to like what they call traditional verse, which I think is more because spoken word came before it, right? Um, mm-hmm. People they can write things down. So technically, it would worse to be traditional verse, but whatever, right? Um, yeah. The conversation, we'll call you know uh, the more academic written style. We'll call that shit. So I think you know for a long period of time there was uh, a sort of um you know there was like this divide between people who did you know spoken word or people who did traditional verse. And I think now what we're what we're seeing is that there there are more people who are sort of hybrids, you know, and there are people who do both very well. And then you know. Like we have what we call like Instagram poetry, but then there are people who do spoken word, and there are people who do you know traditional verse, and they also post on Instagram. You know, so I think like a lot of these titles when they were, I mean, they were very specific, maybe like five years ago, but but now like so many people are 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 are, are crossing over and and doing a little bit of all of those things. So yeah, I don't think those titles necessarily still stick, um, even though people do still use them often.
0: Hmm. I totally agree. And it's one of those things where, like, I remember hearing the story about how, like, Patricia Smith was once introduced at a panel as the slam poet, you know, and it's like she's Uh so much more than that, you know, like that would never happen these days. But this was Uh a while ago. And it's like, yeah, it's this crossover between page and stage, right? And Uh how you can navigate both worlds and blend them. And I don't know if we need those labels necessarily anymore. Yeah, I think we often use them to say, oh no, they don't do what I do,
2: right? Like that's what, Mm. I think we often use them almost as like slurs, right? Where they're like, oh, they're Instagram posts. Cause I've been called an Instagram poet like several times and I was kind of like, ah, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But but, but, yeah, I think we often use them as slurs, you know, where they're Mm. like, oh, they're spoken word artists. And it's like, it's a way for them to say, oh yeah, they do something, that is less than what I do, right? Mm-hmm. They're Instagram posts. I think they people use terms like that to sort of take, you know, jabs at other writers when mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's space for everybody and it's fine. Like just do what you do and you'll be okay. You know, you don't know, have to what <laughs> everybody else is doing and, you know, saying negative comments about the ways in which people write. Like if you you just focus on yourself and you know you do what you do and you work on excelling at what you do and you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that come your way, like you'll be fine.
1: Perfect.
0: I love Ooh. that. All right. I think that's a good that's a good little punctuation on the show, right? <laughs> just so, just or just no do
1: punctuation. what you do. <laughs> <Or no laughs>
0: punctuation, right? <laughs> oh okay. uh, well, thank you so much for this conversation, Rudy. Mm-hmm. I has been absolutely a joy to get to know you. Um, yes. if you could please just close us out with mm-hmm. one last poem. Okay.
2: Um, I'll do my honest poem. Like this is, uh, this is a poem that you know. Whenever I don't know what to do, this is the poem that I do. So here we go. I was born on July 27th. That makes me a Leo. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm five foot six and a half. I weigh 175 pounds. I don't know how to swim, and I'm a sucker for a girl with a nice smile and clean sneakers. Uh, I'm still learning how to whisper. I'm often loud in places where I should be quiet. I'm often quiet in places where I should be loud. I was born feet first and I've been backwards ever since. Um, I like ginger ale a lot. Uh, I've been told that I give really bad hugs. People say that it feels like I'm trying to escape Uh, Sometimes it's because I am. Secretly, I get really nervous every time someone gets close enough to hear me breathe. I have this odd fascination with things like sandcastles and ice sculptures. I assume it's because I usually find myself dedicating time to things that will only last a few moments. I guess that's also why I tend to fall in love with people who will never love me back. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually much easier than it seems. And to be honest, I think it's safer that way. See, relationships, they often remind me that I'm not afraid of heights or or falling, but I'm scared of what's going to happen the moment that my body hits the ground. I'm clumsy. Yesterday, I tripped over my self-esteem. I landed on my pride, and it shattered like an iPhone with a broken face. Now, I can't even tell who's trying to give me a compliment. I've never been in the military, but I have this purple heart. I got it from beating myself up over things I can't fix. I know this sounds weird, but sometimes I wonder what my bed sheets say about me when I'm not around. <laughs> I wonder what the curtains would do if they found out about all the things I've done behind their backs. I've got a hamper that's overflowing with really, really loud mistakes and a graveyard in my closet. I'm afraid that if I let you see my skeletons, you'll grind my bones into powder and get high on my fault lines. Hi. My name is Rudy. I enjoy frozen yogurt, people watching and laughing for absolutely no reason at all. But, um, I don't allow myself to cry as often as I need to. I have solar power confidence. I have a battery operated smile. My hobbies include editing my life story, hiding behind metaphors and trying to convince my shadow that I'm someone worth following. I don't know much, but I do know this. I know that heaven is full of music. I know that God listens to my heartbeat on his iPod. It reminds him that, uh, that we still got work to do. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: We're great. We're great.
0: We so <laughs> <laughs> were actually talking about that poem yeah. when we were <laughs> when we were planning for today's show. So awesome, so, so glad you closed us out with that one. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a perfect. Thank you for for you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for being amazing. Um thank you for sharing your joy and your your shine, especially when you talk about your daughter. I'm still like obsessed that when you talk about your daughter. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> give me more. Give me more. Um thank you. Uh, I think your words and who you are is still a testament that it still hits like i've been really trying not to cry (laughs) it's so emotional (laughs) but thank you thank you for allowing my emotions to be released in such beautiful ways through your words Yeah,
0: i appreciate that you're such a pisces rocky
1: i really am and it's my season (laughs) and i don't care (laughs) after all the emotions
0: Oh man, no, really, really fun, phenomenal conversation. Trying to, we always like to wrap up the show with kind of like a moment of reflection and like one word to kind of like sum it all up. Um, I'm feeling, is, is is there is there a, a noun version of genuine? Genuineness? Genuinituity? I'm, I'm going to make up a word. See, I'm, I'm just going to pull yeah. a page out of Ruby Francisco's book and just make up a word for something that doesn't exist right now for this moment of just like the state of genuineness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's my word. Where, where, where are you? Where are you at?
1: Oh, I feel late. I feel like mm-hmm. that's, that is where I'm at right now, especially, you know, if we're th- thinking about the whole conversation, his idea of um, writing as a way to escape, to feel lighter, to, to fly, Um, I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm there. I'm ready to, you know, just float to this like full moon with all these beautiful words and affirmations and just emotions. And, um, like I said, it's, it's butterflies. It's flying. It's Mm -hmm. being light. It's letting go of the things that weigh me down Mm -hmm. by listening to him. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. You, You too will fly away. <laughs> all right well let's thank some people on flyaways shall we
1: <laughs> yes of course of course all right first of all I want to we want to thank the audience y'all have been amazing we see you we see you with your emojis we see you interacting with us we appreciate you we appreciate you coming out every Thursday we if you don't know if you're new if you're just timing in for the first time we do this every Thursday at 7 30 central time um 8 30 uh, eastern time um come check us out thank you we wouldn't be to do this without you. And then our production crew. First of all, Dominique is our production crew. We've always, I had, a, we had a, like a little uh, <laughs> meeting with, like, Dominique, one day you're going to show your face so we can be like, all oh, the praise. But I right know <laughs> we'll settle for this. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Chris Condi for our introduction song, which is bomb. So thank you, thank you so much. Mm-hmm.
0: And then of course, whether you're tuning in for a multiple time or for the first time, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at words and shh so that you can uh, be informed about everyone that's coming up because, y'all, we have an amazing lineup in the coming weeks.
1: And if you want to, you can also watch past episodes on YouTube and our podcast as well. Or you can listen to even this one that's going to be available um starting tomorrow and any podcast that you can listen to any platform um but check us out definitely check us out and share and like send them to all your friends all right Mm -hmm. to your mama to your family to your daughters go for it
0: subscribe rate review us like all those things and uh speaking of amazing lineup next week our feature coming to you all the way from new orleans is gonna be the one and only frequency so excited to have them
1: on
0: until then y'all stay safe out there
1: bye y'all have a great night